I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I did. Like I was trying to fly. I was doing my best R. Kelly impression. I believe I can fly. Woo! I'm not sure I should do it, ever mention the R. Kelly no. on this podcast, but that's another whole thing altogether. That's um, the only R. Kelly impression you were doing. <laughs> on welcome to the cultivating ministry podcast strategies resources and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments my name is chris lynch and i'm joined today by laura mclean say hello laura hello laura and i are both running on fumes me maybe a bit more than her uh, we have both there goes my dog say hello to baxter everyone out there oh sweet baxter um, we are both coming off of our uh, conference winter events. Mine ended two days ago. Laura's nine days ago. So uh, if we seem a bit off, that would be <laughs> that would that way. If you've, it's kind of if you're uh, ever been in youth ministry, it's kind of like having that retreat fog, the day after retreat. Absolutely. So, oh yeah. So we're kind of in that moment. Um, but we are, if nothing, consistent, which we'll actually talk about later. Um, there you go. Uh, we're gonna silky segue for all you 12 listeners. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're we're fighting the good fight here, we're pressing through, and we're gonna make this thing as, as good as we possibly can for you. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, an article that that Laura stumbled upon uh, from Fuller Youth Institute. Which, if you didn't, if you haven't, haven't figured this out yet, it's one of those things we kind of dig. It. Um, but I think you know, we we try not to get both, you know, we all come, most of us all come from a youth ministry background. That's kind of our start in ministry. And we still, Laura and I at least still work on a conference level with young people. And so that's kind of in our, in our wheelhouse, but um, it's written by Jen Bradbury and it's called five ways to cultivate trust with teens in your youth ministry. And that's the title of the, the article, but I really, as, as I read it and Laura, I think you probably agree that I don't I think this as often it does, it it goes beyond it doesn't it doesn't just apply to youth ministry. Yep. Whether I have that same thought. Yeah, whether you're building trust in a on a in a uh, any kind of church context, any kind of ministry context, heck, even in a business world, just building trust in general. Mm-hmm. I think these are some pretty good principles. She lays out five um five uh, things to do to start to cultivate trust in ministry. And so I think we're going to walk through those in a minute. Um, but I thought it was a way of, of, of getting started. I've kind of had this, I don't know if I'm sure it's not original, um, but I have often said that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who naturally trust everyone they meet or when they meet someone, they are naturally trusting until that person um, does something or says something or whatever to lose that trust. Or there are those types who are naturally non-trusting who won't trust anyone until trust is earned. And so I'm curious, Laura, what knowing those two things, which of those two types of people are you and, and, and what, is there anything good or bad about, or what's something good and something bad about being that kind of person? Maybe a time you've gotten burned on it or, I don't know, something. 
Yeah. Um, so I am definitely the person that trusts until somebody gives me a reason not to. I knew we were going to be the same. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I assumed that was what you, you yeah. thought as well. Um, because, we're well, also- I mean, I, I guess I just assume the best of people. Yeah. You know, well, that's probably but, a good outlook. Um, yeah. I mean, until, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you, take you, something or, the, you know, the, you know, every what's that old saying? You over. Any any characteristic when taken to an extreme can become a fault. Hmm. You know, like even any yeah. like being confident is good. But being if you if you're if you take it to extreme, you're arrogant. And so that great kind of point. Thing, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I've heard that before, too. And I think, you know, the 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 potential for if you're a naturally trusting person is you sometimes can become a sucker. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like sure. you trust somebody and, and they really have done nothing to earn it. And but you offer that trust and you and, and you can be hurt by it, you know. And so um, I, I've had that happen numerous times and I've been disappointed and moved on. But it's just who I am, I guess. So although but, yeah. I, but I guess the, the, the positive side of things, I think that I think by being that way, it's also it, it also is that it's. Sometimes I don't say easier to make relationships. That's not exactly true, but it's, um, I don't know what's right, how, but it's, um, there's not a guard up. And that's so what I was just you, about to say. When yeah. you approach somebody, it kind of starts without, right. Yeah. With right. that guard down. Yeah. So in those folks who are not, are non-trusting until they, um, it is earned. I think too, that you can, you can build, you can build deeper relationships quicker. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you are the way we are versus the, the other way. So I don't know, maybe you can uh, let us know on our social media account, which uh, on our Instagram account, let us know if you see this posted, um, which, what you are and we'll, we'll take a poll. We could do a poll. Yeah, that's fun. We should I've do never, that. Well, yeah, we could do a poll. That'd be fun. So mm-hmm. uh, let's jump into the article because it's probably got a lot more good things to say than we do about this. But so as I mentioned, <laughs> it's, it's written by Jen Bradbury, who is a uh, is actually still a volunteer. According to the article, still a volunteer youth ministry, a youth worker at her the youth the volunteer youth director at her church. She's been in youth ministry for a long time, but like I mentioned, she has what she calls five things you can do to cultivate trust in ministry, and so. The first one is is show up consistently. She says, if people have to wonder each week whether or not you're going to be there, they'll never trust you. But if you're consistently present, slowly but surely, they'll begin to count on you. How have you, Laura, experienced that to be true in your years in ministry or or, or whatnot? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think about in a in the local church and um, the leaders who were there sporadically. Um, you know, we had some leaders who would show up every now and then. We had some leaders who would just volunteer to like bring dinner every once in a while or whatever. And, you know, the students would interact with those leaders, but it was not the same level at all as the leaders who were there every week, week in and week out. So because that's who you really get to know. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, I do think that makes a difference. And, you know, I think the same for anything I'm involved in, too, as an adult. You know, if I'm a part of a small group and there's somebody who's there sporadically, I'm not going to be as quick to, um, to really open up to that person as I am to somebody who 
is there all the time. And um, I've really gotten to know throughout the course of um, the time being together. For sure. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, we were kind of laughing earlier about, you know, we fight the good fight by being here, but it's one of the things I'm proud of. We've been consistent in having this podcast weekly and hopefully that's building trust and in, in people, even that we're consistent now. Yeah. You know, another thing I was thinking about, it's kind of a funny story. So, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big recliner guy. It's one of the things that I have. I'm, I'm actually sitting right now in my living room couch, which is like this massive, like 12 foot long sectional looking thing, but I don't have a recliner. I love a good recliner. And, you know, we, we take a lot of trust in chairs. And so, I, you know, if I see a recliner, I trust when I sit down, it's going to hold, it's gonna, not going to collapse. Yeah. Uh, over Christmas, I was at my, um, my, my sister-in-law's house and my, my brother-in-law and his dad and I went down to watch, I think it was a Packers game. I don't, it was a football game. It doesn't matter who it was, you know, in the big scheme of things. And he had this recliner sitting there by the, by the, he has a, in this basement, he has a, um, a wood burning stove. And I went to sit there with a recliner. Then I went and plopped down that recliner and doggone that thing. Yeah. Something's leaned far way back. I mean, oh, yeah. so far back that I really thought I was, I, I, I may have, I, I tried, I don't think I actually, it actually tumbled over, but I thought for a minute. And, and so did you get your arms going, right? <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I did. Like I was trying to fly. I was doing my best R Kelly impression. I believe I can fly. Woo. I'm not sure I should do it, ever mention the R. Kelly no. on this podcast, yeah. but that's another whole thing altogether. That's um, the only R. Kelly impression you're doing. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. But every the rest of the weekend, anytime I go sit in that that chair, I it, it lost my trust. So I right. very gingerly sit down in that chair. I mean gingerly. <laughs> There's no you know, plopping down. Helped, but consistently through my life, when I was sitting Absolutely. in a recliner, they would not tumble backwards. This one almost did. And so I did not trust it any longer. Absolutely. So I think, you know, we, I think just when you do, when, when, when something, whether it's a chair or a person or whatever, when it, when it does what it's supposed to do over and over and over, it develops its trust. I mean, you think about if you see a rickety chair and you think, oh, look, I'm a big guy. If you've never met me, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm big. And, uh, so if I see a rickety chair, I'm going to sit gingerly the first time. (laughs) But if once I have sat and I know it's going to hold me, then I'm not as worried. And the more I sit in that rickety looking chair and it holds me up and doesn't collapse, then I'm going to sit in it more less gingerly, I guess is the right way to say that. (laughs) There you go. So yeah, consistency is, is the first key she says, um, is, is big. Uh, the second thing it says is taking time for activities that build relationships. Now, again, remember, she's talking about youth ministry. So she mentions things like playing games, eating together, going places with each other, make memories together. She goes on to talk about, and this could apply again to, to any kind of ministry that, you know, she mentions not always like not just doing the 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 lesson you have prepared as a youth, mm-hmm. worker, a youth worker or an adult working with adults or kids or whatever. But making time to to um, for activities that build relationships, obviously, relationship building is something we've talked about on here as a, a, a all over and over and over again. What role do you see, Laura, in how um, building relationships and, and doing those kind of activities? How does that how does that help build trust? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, when I read this, I thought, man, that does make all the difference in the world because. Yeah you can listen to anybody 
teach a lesson or, you know, ask questions about a Bible study all day long. But once you have really like spent time with them, spent, you know, broken bread together, um, played putt-putt, whatever it might be, that's when you really get to know somebody and really develop that relationship. And that's where trust really comes into play. Um, But I, I just think that is so key. I was thinking about that even with um, their volunteers that I have worked with for years and years. And just this, you know, this past weekend at our event, we had some downtime uh, waiting on stuff to be ready to make our registration bags. And we um, spent some time playing a silly card game, you know, and like, and that was fun and different from what we normally do together. And that helped us get to know each other a little bit differently and build that relationship. And so I think those kinds of things are so important. And, and just as you do those things, that trust is a part of what gets built. Yeah. I got it. I'm, I, I may have told this story over the past year and few months we've been doing this podcast, but if, if I did, Chances are you don't remember it, but if you do, <laughs> then it, it really applies well. Just here. smile and nod. That's right. I'm going to tell it again. But I had, uh, when I was at the, in the local church as a, as a youth director, uh, every year around like, it always seemed to come like a month before the actual event. It was in the spring and there was a church in our district that was probably, it was probably 25 minutes away from our church. And they would do a youth rally every spring. I think, I don't want to say it's April. Who knows? Doesn't matter. And I would always get the the flyer and it was like, and I had, and I, I planned out, you know, more than a month in advance, but we were, what we were going to do at our church. So if it wasn't on my calendar, then it was like, all right. And so I never went for like probably three or four years. I never went. Mm-hmm. And I always had this flyer and part of me kind of felt bad because I wasn't, you know, being connectional and all those kind of things that, that we are, they're, they're important to us as, as United Methodists. Um, and, and, but I, I just, I was always, I didn't, I didn't ever, I never, I didn't know the youth director. I didn't really know the speaker, didn't know the band. They were all mm-hmm. local folks. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to have to go over there and be crappy. I got to reteach it and all that. Right. But then I, I met uh, Hank, who was the youth director. Now he's still a good friend of mine. He was the youth director there at that church. And he and I connected at a district youth worker training or something. I don't remember what it was, quite honestly. He probably does because he's younger than me, mainly. Um <laughs> And and Hank and I became became friends. We began to work on a couple of things together. Well, then the next year, because I had done some things with Hank, had yep. built our relationship, I then trusted what they were going to do. And so yep. then we went, and then we began to go every year. And it all started from I had that trust that had come from that relationship um, outside of that. And so I think that's exactly what that does. And I, I know I've talked about this before, that the, the bane of my existence in youth ministry was was snack suppers. You know, we used to do yeah. suppers every Sunday night and we used to always lose money and it took so much time and all these things, but I would never get rid of them because I, it was an opportunity to do this. It was a chance yep. to sit around table, talk about whatever they want to talk about. There was no agenda. There was no lesson. It was just downtime for them to, for those young people to sit around and, 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 and begin to trust each other really. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's that's super uh, in, in, uh, interesting and, and, and very effective as well. Um, the third thing she she mentions on here is ask good questions and listen to how students respond. Um, 
remember what's happening in their lives and then ask them a question about that activity or event when you see them next. I, to me, this is, uh, I'll, I'll go first here. You know, I, it kind of goes, it, I almost said this on the first one about consistently, when we were talking about being there consistent is that there's that saying that I've said that I've heard before that says, you know, people don't care, particularly young mm-hmm. people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yep. And so just the fact that even if it's just remembering their names and I, I and I don't know that I don't, I'm not, I'm not bad with not with names, but I'm like super great, but I have this, I, I am, I'm a nickname nut. <laughs> That's fun to say nickname nut. <laughs> and so like, I, if I can't remember, it helps me. If I, I won't I may remember your name, but I remember your nickname. Yeah. So I remember one, one uh, girl that was in my youth group. Her name was Mary Catherine, and I struggled with double names. And I kept calling her Mary Kathleen and Mary <laughs> Margaret, and I don't know what I, I called her all kinds of Mary something. I never would get Mary Catherine out. <laughs> and finally, I was there one day. I said, "Can I? Can I just? Can I call you Mookie?" She's like, "Sure." Uh, okay, and, so I never, and I don't know where <laughs> Mookie came from. I, I guess sure. I have no idea. But I called her Mookie, and into this. <laughs> Mookie is now 30 years old and is a lawyer, but I still, if I see her, I still call her Mookie. That's awesome. Um, so, but I think, you know, it's important that we're, 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 we're doing that kind of thing and, 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 and knowing, and again, so not just knowing their name, that's the place to start that, that says something about their relationship, but like they, like she mentions here, knowing what's going on in their lives, Mm and, and connect. It's about connection. And that's another way to build. And again, I guess you could almost say all these kind of build relationships on some level, but right. um, asking good questions and, and being naturally curious, I think is a great stance. Any, any thoughts you mm-hmm. have on this idea of asking good questions and listening to how they respond? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think that just saying to ask and remember what it was that was going on. Don't just ask because that's the polite thing to do or what you're supposed to do, but to, to really know and care is a big deal. Like, you know, there's a student that's a part of our comfort youth council that um, he's really big into theater. And so he was in Susical, the musical. He is a thespian and he is the most fun. And, you know, that's right. And, um, you know, and so asking about the parts that he's playing and and those kinds of things. And it means the world to somebody. I can remember when I was in high school and I grew up at a large church and um, the senior pastor, you know, like we didn't have a lot of contact with the senior pastor because it was big church and that's just the way it was set up. Um, But it was in like our newsletter that I'd gotten an award at school. It wasn't even, I mean, it was nothing like huge. I didn't like, I wasn't Val Victorian or something, you know, but I was student, um, I was student of the week. Right. Exactly. <laughs> for my um, homeroom, you know, it was nothing, nothing world changing, but he wrote me a handwritten note saying, I noticed with interest that you got like the pride award, you know, whatever it was. And, um, and that meant the world to me. And I hung that on my bulletin board and kept it there for years, you know? And, and so that noticing and paying attention to what is going on in students' lives builds an incredible amount of trust and means the world to people. You know, we, I I think we talked about on on a a previous podcast about the, the lack of trust in the church. Yep. 
that there's a natural distrust now for, and I think that's, and I probably should say at the beginning, that's, that's one of the reasons that this becomes more important now mm-hmm. is there was a time, particularly in the South, but I, I think even, you know, across our country that, that if you were connected to a church then there was an automatic, um, a, a given level of trust that didn't have that's to a good be point. But yeah. as, as people have become less and less, and rightfully so, I'm, the, tr- the church has earned that lack of trust. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but it, it, it's more important that we do these kind of things. And, and, and again, they don't care what you know, they know how much you care. And, you know, if, if they've got a, a, a play or a, a debate mm-hmm. tournament or, you know, yeah. you know, even if you, even if you can't, obviously if you can show up to those things, it's another, it's, it's another whole level of that, that gets more of that consistency of consistently being yeah. there. Uh, there's something to be separate being there, but if you can't be there, say, Hey, how'd it go? You know, or, or whatever. So that's excellent as well. Um, this is an interesting one, I think, and I'd be curious to see where we go with this conversation, but share vulnerably, but appropriately. Uh-huh. So can get to know you and trust the real you. Um, there's a there's a, a, a interesting balance there, I think. Yep. And there can quickly I think so become a, a line that, that we don't necessarily want to cross. She she says, I, I, I kind of giggled at this uh, so I can find it. She said, um, sharing vulnerably doesn't require you to bear your soul to the young people <laughs> in your ministry. That's what therapy is for. So <laughs> yeah. for, for before you share, consider this question, for whose benefit are you sharing this story? Um you know, I, I can remember it back in the 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 um, National Youth Workers Convention days. I went to <clears throat> went to um, one of Doug Field's uh, uh, workshops around speaking to teenagers, and he he actually talked about that that he is always sharing stories that he'll share stories about himself, and typically he'll make fun of himself at that. You yeah, know, but it's a way to be real. But yep. you're not giving the, you know, it's, and so I think learning to, I think there's an art to that. How, how do you give glimpses into your world, into who you are without giving every gory detail, particularly in, in those touchy, yeah, you know, those difficult things. So I thought it was interesting. What, what thoughts do you have there? Yeah, I think, you know, there are some important boundaries that you have to have, but being willing to show that you don't have it together all the time and you're not perfect because nobody is, um, is important because, um, you know, I think so many times young people look up to their leaders and their mentors and think, Oh gosh, you know, they never do anything wrong. Have they ever, you know, who knows what said a cuss word, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, times. she makes a great point too. That is, is to be okay apologizing. Yes, know, that when you do, yeah. and, I, and this is one of those things that that I I have learned to to do with even with my kids. That's as, what I was just about. As to they've say. gotten older, yeah. Particularly, it's like you know when I, I when I lose when I lose it and raise my mm-hmm. voice when I shouldn't have. Me like, too. Look, I'm yep. sorry for how I handled it, but you know, you know, but what I was saying was, is still true. Right. Yes. Yeah, but I was sorry for how I handled it or whatever. And I think that goes a long way to, to exactly what you're saying is it defeats this. You've got to be perfect to be a part of anything. Um, right. Well, and it helps 
kids, whatever age oh, that kid may that's be. Actually yeah, the last that's actually the next one. I, I yeah. went ahead. Oh, I, 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 was, I was reading the same one I wrote ahead. Sorry. The fifth hey, one is okay. apologize when you make a mistake. Hey, what yeah. do you think about that? Oh, sorry. I think, that. I think that's a good thing. But yeah. that but that helps them it helps model that for them too that like own up to when you've made a mistake and right. and it's okay but you've got to you've got to acknowledge that and apologize because um you know we all do it but it doesn't make it okay to just leave right. it that way and i think for me it's and I, I think that we have in, in the church, there's this perception that we have that I, I've often called it that, that the church is the, the last great masquerade and that everybody mm -hmm. shows at the church acting like they've got all their crap together when nobody really does. Oh, gosh, yeah. And so I think that's one simple way to to create a culture of of grace, um, mm -hmm. to create a culture of, of of vulnerability and honesty and not this fake, you know, but because because if you do if you if you are if if church is a place where everybody's got together then there's no need for the church right you know and so i think we have to keep that in, in mind and therefore not just in the church in our ministries as well okay so, any other um grand thoughts you have in general overall i, I will um i will link to the uh put a link in the uh in the show notes about the um or to the article so you all can read it. It's worth your time. I, I was, it was, I'm interested that there was a, it's, it's not based on, but it, she kind of mentioned there's a book that Fuller is about to come out with about um, faith beyond, oh, oh, what was it? I forgot what it's called. Let me look again. Discipleship, right? Yeah, it's another around discipleship. I, I'm, I'm, I've i pulled Discipleship up. beyond youth group, I think. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so um be worth looking out that that most of mm -hmm. what that, what i love about what no, I, faith faith beyond youth group you're right that's what it was something like that yeah so i, I what i like about one of the things that one of the things i like about fuller one is that we continue to go back to it is it's not just it's always but it's always research-based and, and they, they do a lot all this comes out of studies they're working with through um, with barna and and all these these folks who do an actual research to to back it up it's not just this pie in the sky stuff that that they've made up. It's it's actually research based and not just um, flippantly put together. Right. And that's pretty helpful. Let's see, let me try to find us a random fact of the night. Of the, oh boy! Because that's everybody's favorite um, favorite um, time of the of, of the week. All right, here we go. Speaking of trusting seats, you sit in. Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth cannot sit on the Iron Throne. Evidently, the Iron, I don't. I didn't know the Iron Throne. Oh, that's so what I was going to hope you. The would Iron Throne, me. evidently, according so by the royal law, the Queen is not allowed to sit upon a for, a foreign throne. Oh. This was vital information that was only discovered when the Queen visited the set of Game of Thrones in Northern Ireland. So I guess the Iron Throne is that in Game of Thrones? I've never seen Game of Thrones. So probably, I haven't seen it. I probably should check this before I did this. People are like, "You fools! You idiot! Don't you know yeah. anything?" Winter's coming, you dummy! It's right. Yeah. Actually, we live in the South. It's already coming, gone. <laughs> I, it it better be gone. That's all I have to say. <laughs> 
We're out of snow days. Laura, Laura, how many days are your kids out of school? Um, they the last day they went to school was January 11th, and they went back on January 25th. So for two weeks, your kids are at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Laura's done with winter. Done. So done. <laughs> and we had 10 inches of snow, which was fun for a few days, but yeah. then it didn't go right. anywhere. Right. And that's yeah. and typically in the South, what happens is it snows one day, you yeah. get a couple of days out of school, you do the sledding thing, you do all these things, exactly. and then it gets 55 or like it was 61. It was 61 degrees mm-hmm. here at Anderson today, and it's in the middle, you know, end of January. Oh, but yeah, I went, we, you know, we laugh because literally, so. This happened the the week before your your big event. Mm-hmm. You had the big ice and snow, and then I had mine this weekend, and it was seventy two degrees on Saturday. And See, rainy. I wore that's what I've ordered for next year. Yeah, right. I should yeah. have ordered extra hoodies for our event because we would have sold every well, one of them. I have not it done. Was I have like nine degrees. I have <laughs> not done sweatshirts for our event in a number of years, and so I did them yeah. this year. And I'm like, they didn't sell very well. Seventy two degrees. Yeah. It's yeah. so it did, the the heat did not help the merch sales nope. at Revolution, but that's all part of it. But it did at yeah. Resurrection. Yep, yep. If y'all want a hoodie weather, go to Resurrection next year, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, next story. year it's 70 degrees. That's what we get. That's right. Next that's year, yeah, next, next year I'll order like tank tops and shorts and it'll be like yes. 12. <laughs> yeah. I'll ship you all of our leftover hoodies. That's right. Chris, why don't we Resurrection, Revolution, first? close enough. And it was, it's, a, it's a co-op. It's We're swapping out. Yeah. <laughs> I said her. We just. I bought yes. the. I bought the cold weather stuff. She bought the hot. Right. We're just gonna sit in. We're looking at the forecast and ship. Whatever it works. I'll overnight right. that to you since it's gonna. Be, <laughs> oh my gosh, we've had we had time. one year where the the last time we had the weather issue for our event, our shirts didn't show up until Saturday of the event because the shipping uh-huh. was so bad they couldn't get it to us. Oh boy. And we were on mild panic attack because I was thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna have to spend all this money to ship these shirts to these to the people afterwards. Yep. Showed up. As a matter of fact, David, uh, a guy on our design team had to drive to Charlotte from Columbia to pick them up <gasps> on that oh Saturday. gosh. Yeah. It, well that bad. was um I called our shirt people because I hadn't heard anything during the week of, you know, no one was going anywhere in Knoxville. And they said, well, no one has been able to get to our building. We've tried and we can't get there. So best case scenario is Friday afternoon. Our our event starts Friday night. And we did not discuss worst case scenario. That was on Thursday. <laughs> and right. I was like, oh, boy. Yep. But sure enough, they arrived at 1.30 on Friday. So it all works out in the end. It sure did. Thank goodness. Well, we've now completely bored you out of your mind talking yep. about our events, but um, <laughs> hopefully the, the first 25 minutes or so of this was was good enough that, that you hung around for that. That's the most important right. thing. Hopefully it's helpful. I, I, I do. I will. The last thing I'll say about trust is this, but we've done a lot of work in our conference around Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team. Mm. And he talks about the, the 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 base dysfunction of a team is a lack of trust. And I think that just gets to the whole thing of how important trust is. So take what we've what we've talked about, read that article. It's you know, it's it's really well done and, and it's helpful. And and maybe this week make it a, a point to see how you can begin to uh, implement some of those um 
those things into your ministry to help cultivate a, 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 um, a culture of trust. And if we can help you in, in that to that end, by all means, reach out to us at Cultivate Group. You can go to our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. And as always, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.